on a, and it depends on the lender, but a fixed rate mortgage, you are going to pay a lot of expenses and a ton of interest in order to break that term. On a variable, you're basically paying a couple of admin fees and three months of interest to to break that same mortgage. So, all right, hello, welcome to episode 181 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. We are your hosts. I'm welcoming back my partner, Adrian Trott. Welcome back. Thank you very much. And I am Ariel Cormendi, owners and founders of KT Realty, the Cormendi Trott team, KT Property Management, and your lovely hosts of KT Quick Tips and KT Confidential. That was quite the intro. Very nice. I wish I could say that I was away on like some lavish vacation, but unfortunately, that is not the case. Although I do want to book something. Well, I think after being sick for a week, if uh, if you're feeling better, you should uh, certainly take some unwinding time, some vacation time in the near future to soothe your mind, body, and soul. I would agree. We were in the midst of trying to book it, and then we all got sick, so it got delayed. Well, it is uh, it is the busiest time of the year for us. So once uh, once things settle down, it's a great time to escape for a little bit. And you've got a good support staff around you, so it's not like ten years ago when when one person was away. It was five years difficult. ago, even. Yeah, that's true. We never we never got a break. Never did. Never, never did. But now, now you need to take, now you're getting old. You just turned 40. I know. So your body reacts differently. I was actually saying this last night. I don't know if uh, whoever's listening. um, Once you hit 40, like it's, it's this weird kind of body benchmark. Your body starts doing these weird things. Like at 40, I started reacting like my body was refusing spicy foods and i love spicy foods and i'll still eat spicy and hot stuff but uh not the same way like heartburn i never got heartburn before oh yeah i get it all the time it drives me crazy yeah anyway you deserve a vacation but welcome back uh today's episode again episode 181 we are talking about fixed rate or variable rate because mortgages are a hot topic right now the bank of canada uh increased their key lending rate now is one percent so they just raised it a half a percent which it doubled is, it that hasn't happened yeah. we haven't done that increase and in, i think it was 20 years yeah yeah and it's kind of wreaking havoc on the finance and overall affordability like the finance markets and and affordability for for homes and mortgages and lending in general like i'm looking at my lines of credit and i see oh 
now I'm going to be spending a little bit more money every month on interest. And, um, and it's been a hot topic for the last uh, week or two. So, um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, fixed rate or variable rate mortgage. We can talk about pros and cons and preferences and recommendations. Um, most importantly, for you, those of you that are watching and listening, uh, leave a comment. We'd love to hear what you think about this topic and which direction you've gone in and why. So did you choose a fixed mortgage? Did you choose a, a variable rate? And um, why did you opt for that? But um, let's start um, let's start by talking about the uh, the differences between fixed and variable. Well, the big the, I'd say the big thing is people, first of all, they get very fixated on percent, the, the actual rate, whereas there's a lot more to it. Um, as an example, a number of years ago, I had a client who had taken out a seven-year mortgage, and it was a fixed rate, closed mortgage. And two years into it, um, his career changed, and it took him to Texas, and he had to sell. He had five years remaining. He had to break the mortgage. I don't remember the cost, but it was quite substantial. It was, I want to say 30000 It was a lot of money, whatever it was. Maybe not. No, no. I think it was like $16,000. Um, so to get out of that mortgage, there was a hefty cost associated with it. Um, and he probably didn't take that into consideration when getting into it. He just saw an attractive rate that was guaranteed for an extended period of time and said, that's a great idea. But if, depending on your intentions, if you're buying it with in potential of having to move um, before the term is up, if it's something you wouldn't be able to port to a new property, then you should definitely be considering an open loan or a variable rate. Yeah, so basically, you know, uh, for those that don't know that are wondering what you're referring to and, and why to choose that option on a, and it depends on the lender, but a fixed rate mortgage, you are going to pay a lot of expenses and a ton of interest in order to break that term on a variable you're basically paying a couple of admin fees and three months of interest on uh to to break that same mortgage so so the difference like on a sixteen thousand dollar cost to break a fixed uh, mortgage in your example if the payment every month is three thousand dollars a month in the mortgage the interest on that call it about half it's a little bit higher um, in the onset of the mortgage and then it decreases as the uh, term reduces but you know you're talking 1500 bucks a month so forty five hundred dollars plus some uh, admin fees so call it five grand so five grand compared to 16,000, and that's using your example, right? Yes, yeah. So you, those, that is 
one of the primary differences is being locked into something. And then if you need to, for whatever reason, you know, you said this gentleman, um, his job relocated him to a, another country. Um, but we saw in the past few years now, certainly with COVID and, and people working remotely and people moving further out of the GTA potentially, or needing to downsize, needing to upsize, um, life changes. And you don't know necessarily, we don't have that crystal ball, um, when those changes are going to happen. You might have a child. You might have, um, you know, a circumstance that requires you to make a move. So you have to be really, really careful. Yeah. But let's talk about um, why somebody might choose a fixed rate. Well, his historically, I think variable has been the attractive option in the long run. It seems to work out a lot. But right now, so just before we jumped on here, I looked at what are some of the rates and the spread between variable and fixed is not overly attractive. Whereas before you were able to get prime minus three quarters or prime minus 1% uh, at times. Now uh, you're seeing prime minus a half um, or you can get fixed rates for not a whole lot more. And one of the options I saw that was interesting to me was a short term, like a, a two year term fixed rate. Um, and that's something I think would appeal to me because I think there's some uncertainty of where things are going to be in a couple of years or even in a, a few months, you know, by the end of the year, it'll be interesting to see where we're at. Um, so I, I guess there's a lot of things to consider, but that option is appealing to me. They used to do quite attractive fixed rates for longer terms. My friend in January set himself up with a seven year term and a fixed rate, I want to say at or below 2%. And now that same fixed rate for the same term is two and a half percent higher. So, you know, it, I think there's a lot of factors that go into it that I can't speak to as far as um, how all these rates are determined and how the bank's getting, uh, how they're able to lend, loan out the money on different terms at various rates. Uh, I think it's good to work with a mortgage broker, first of all, to shop around and get the right options. Well, options is a key word there, but I want to caution everybody to not just shop the rate, right? That's like shopping for a realtor that provides the lowest commission. It's very similar in that there could be things that you are not receiving or options that you don't have within that mortgage, such as prepayment options, um, skip a payment right? Like as an example, RBC and most of their mortgages builds in um, prepayment options. Usually it's about 10% of the mortgage every year. So if your mortgage is half a million dollars, you might be able to prepay up to $50,000 in that year to reduce your mortgage and ultimately reduce your cost of borrowing. Um, skip a payment can be a good option if you are 
you know, if you're sick for a couple of weeks and, and income is low, or if you plan, like you said, you plan a vacation, so the vacation costs money, maybe you're not getting paid during that time or paid less, um, or maybe you just want a bit of a breather during Christmas, as an example, when you're spending all this money on gifts and entertaining. So sometimes you you want to have that flexibility. And sometimes with a lower rate comes less flexibility. And sometimes with that lower rate comes higher costs to break that mortgage. So you have to really think hard about, do I want to commit to this type of financing for seven years? And my caution is that most people just look at the rate, look at the payment and sign and don't read the fine print and don't ask the questions. So make sure you are asking the questions. What penalties could I incur if I break this mortgage? Am I able to skip a payment? Am I able to change my payments? Am I able to change the frequency of my payments? Um, and are there any prepayment options? So if I do get some extra money, can I pay that down? The other thing to consider is if it's an investment property, I always recommend a variable rate as long as your um, monthly payment can stay the same. So if your monthly carrying costs can stay the same and the interest rate happens to go up, that's okay. You're still writing it off against the uh, revenue for that property. So you're getting an extra tax expense. Yes, ultimately it is costing you more over the long run, but you're playing that game of, you know, I get a lower rate now, so I'm saving on the interest now. In the long run, maybe I'll pay a bit more. So you're trying to balance it out as best as possible, but you are giving yourself that flexibility. So if it's an investment property, we had this similar scenario. We just sold our townhouse a couple of months ago where we thought we would probably own it for five years or possibly more, uh, but we had it for, two, what, just over two years? Two and a half years, yeah. Yep, two and a half years, and we decided to sell it, and uh, we were on a variable rate mortgage, so we paid the three months interest, and holy crap, Adrian, you really need a new office chair. Where did you go? <laughs> <laughs> that is brutal. So for those of you watching, uh, obviously you see what I'm looking at, plus all his uh, gym equipment in the back, but look at that chair. Oh my God. Wow, you would think by now you'd be able to afford a new one, unless it's I'm, like one of those, you know, those lazy boy chairs that grandpas no, no. keep forever. It is the furthest thing from that. It is, it is extremely uncomfortable. So it's uncomfortable and it's complete garbage. Yeah, I just and and the height adjustment doesn't work. I mean, I've gotten every penny out of this that I possibly can, and it will be replaced in the not too distant future. Well, one of our clients works for a uh, business interior company that uh, I know I've spoken act- with her. Yeah, 
so bite the bullet and get yourself a nice chair. Now you are looking at some seriously high-end office chairs where I don't think I could ever spend more than a few hundred bucks. Although I will say this, this chair, which I have, okay, so it used to have, so for those of you that are listening, uh, you, you, you need to hop on to ktconfidential.ca and watch this. This is episode 181. KTConfidential.ca. Interest rates well, in office chairs. Yeah. <laughs> Great topic. So this office chair used to have a um, headrest. Yes. Okay. Um, so that broke and it's always been extremely uncomfortable. And this was, I bought it at uh, Staples and I think this was three to $400, like one yeah. of the higher end. And seemingly in the store, it was comfortable. But once you, once you get it at home and actually use it, on a day-to-day basis, you start realizing what you like and what you don't like, and it's starting to peel to the fake leather, whatever it is, or plastic. It's starting to peel, so I'm going to look for one, too, because this provides no support. I think this is a problem, actually, that a lot of people have now working from home, certainly during uh, the pandemic, right? So you're not alone. If anybody has an awesome office chair that they want us to look into, uh, leave a Leave a comment. We need some need some opinions, need some options. It's hard to pick. I anyway. need an office chair store where you could just go line them up and sit in each one. Doesn't that exist? It does, but I can't find the chair. There's a couple chairs I would like to try, but they're not there. Well, but stop anyways. being so picky. <laughs> well, if you're going to buy a nice expensive one, you should be. Well, based on your current one, it looks like you'll probably use it for 25 years. So that is an investment. <laughs> it certainly is. Um, your point of a mortgage broker is a good one. Uh, a lot of people default to their bank. So if you bank with RBC, you basically, next time you're going into the bank, you'll say, hey, I need to get a quote on a mortgage. You'll sit down with one of their mortgage specialists and they'll offer you something. A mortgage broker usually has access to a bunch of lenders. So in this case, you know, it could be TD, it could be Scotiabank, it could be credit unions, um, even private lenders, or what's known as quote unquote, B lenders as well. Um, So if you're self-employed, or you were taking some CERB during, the pandemic, or your hours were cut, or you're um, unable to come up with some documentation that's needed, whatever. There are so many variables that a mortgage broker really can find a great option to work with your specific needs. And the beauty with that is they take an application and your credit rating doesn't get affected while they're shopping it around. So it would be identical to you going into the bank. So it's one credit inquiry, then they can shop it around and see who's going to offer you the best terms, the best conditions, and the best rate. Um, And then you're working one-on-one with somebody that truly understands your needs, your wants, your future plans, and um, and they're committed to to you. That's how they earn their business. They're not making money on 
any other facet. They're not making money on your deposits or your RSPs or your savings or whatever. Uh, they get paid when your mortgage closes and uh, you don't pay them anything. So uh, it's the uh, it's the lender that gives them a little bit of a commission uh, for, for sending them that business. So it, it really is a good option to speak to a broker. Um, if those of you listening want a referral to a broker, we do uh, work with a couple of very, very good brokers locally. And, uh, and we don't take any referral fees or anything. Once in a while, they'll buy us a beer, but um, we, don't get any, we don't get any kickbacks. We don't believe in that. Uh, it's something to provide our clients and followers uh, good service. So if you need a recommendation, just leave us a comment or send us a DM. There are, Anything else you want to add to this? Yeah. Well, I just I think it's interesting the way, especially with the way prices have gone over the the last decade. I think these things are becoming more important, and I think we'll see the structure of mortgages change too. But I, I feel like a mortgage payment is, in many cases, similar to how some people view cars in the sense of it's just becoming a a monthly expense, and you you many people will never own their house. Uh, so it becomes more of a, what are the appealing aspects of a mortgage as they relate to flexible terms, flexible payment options, like you're saying, like being able to forego a payment one month, skip a payment or whatever. Um, I think that'll become more popular. They used to do back in 2008, I think it was, they canceled 40 year mortgages. I think we'll see, we may see longer terms at some point come back in just to make it more affordable. There are other, other countries in the world where they do that. And the, I think one thing they do, I think they do it in the States, um, is they guarantee rates for the entire ter- entire length of the amortization, which there it isn't an amortization always, it's a term. So you can get a 30-year term with a fixed rate. So I think something about that is appealing because you can budget and know exactly what your expenses are going to be for the full length of the term, which I'm I'm surprised they don't do that because that's potentially that could get people into a lot of financial problems if they go to renew and the rates are double, which right now is very reasonable to expect that to happen for many. Right. Uh, yeah. May, it may not be feasible. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, the whole budgeting aspect of it, I mean, we like to think that if you're on a five-year, whether it's a variable or a fixed if you're on a five-year term, the home itself is going to be worth more in five years. So you are building uh, equity in. But again, that goes back to the key of being able to adjust payments. So as an example, um, when things are going good, you might want to increase your payments. Um, But then when you need a little bit more cash in your pocket, you want to be able to potentially bring that back to what it started at. So uh, that kind of flexibility is really important. I agree. I think I think the whole budgeting aspect, short-term, long-term, residential, commercial, primary residence, investment, whatever, it's really important to know what my out-of-pocket monthly expenses are going to be, yeah. and if you don't, if you don't know, I'm going I'll be going through that later this year. Our mortgage on the cottage, because um, now we own it for five years, it's 
it's expiring in a few months. And I was on a fixed rate. Shame on me because I should have taken a variable on it. It would have cost me less. Um, I actually don't know why we we went the fixed rate option. I think it was budgeting, to be honest. We just yeah. had the kids. Uh, it was a big undertaking. And um, I just wanted to make sure it was being paid down every month. Same payment, same interest, blah, blah, blah. But now it's coming due in a couple of months. And, um, and we'll see how that goes because uh, interest rates are going to continue increasing. And that'll be on both sides of the equation, fixed or variable. Right. Another thing we'll see, I imagine, uh, or I mean, as real estate agents, we should be aware of it too, is, and even more so now than ever before, is if we have people selling and leaving, not needing that mortgage anymore, the rates that they have on those mortgages may be more appealing, far more appealing than what's currently available. So we haven't heard of it much in our time because rates were historically low and and you know over over the course of the last 10 years they they were constant pretty consistently declining um but now with the increases there may be some mortgages that homeowners can transfer over to a new buyer that would add value to the sale yeah some lenders will allow that um some won't. Again, read the fine print, ask the right questions. Um, I do see that as an option. You might even start seeing what's known as a vendor take back um, mortgage where the seller actually holds the mortgage going forward. So you're paying the, the seller the mortgage uh, payments. But as the rates with the banks and lenders, um, financial institutions increase, there could be opportunities for that type of, pri we'll call it private lending. Um, so if the bank is asking for 7% uh, rate, somebody might start coming along saying, oh, we'll give it to you for five and a half, right? Yeah. Um, and potentially have more flexibility uh, doing that. Like I know there are lenders right now, um, not prime lenders, like not the big banks, but there are lenders that are going well beyond the debt service ratios that uh, big banks would normally look for. So, you know, if you just happen to have, especially this happens a lot with self-employed people, or people that earn cash, like tips, you know, they actually are making more money than shows on paper. And on paper, they've got whatever 60% of their income is debt. Um, so certain lenders now are really going and stretching into those uh, territories as well. So we're well, going to see because a whole... they also they also look at that other source of income as a source of income, right? Where others other yeah. banks would not. Correct. And I don't think a lot of the banks have caught up to the new generation of earning income. You know, uh, a lot of side hustles now. Whether oh, it's how much uh, you make it on your OnlyFans account now, Ariel? 
<laughs> I owe them about three grand. Um, so, yeah, well, you t- <laughs> OnlyFans is a great example. Like, you look at all these uh, TikToks where the uh, they're asking, or you get that guy that goes around asking, hey, that's a nice car. Uh, what do you do for a living? You ever see those? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember his name, but uh, um, yeah, you see a whole bunch of young girls driving very, very high end cars, and their answer is, "Oh, I have, I have an OnlyFans." Um, so you know, whether it's OnlyFans or you know a podcast that's um, created to earn revenue or an Instagram account that's uh really killing it or a shopify but even, even even many of those are traditional in the sense that it's traceable income documented yes. right versus something like uh side hustles such as what you enjoy with garage selling and flipping where you know that's not so provable that's not really provable income but one bank may consider it if they can see the consistent deposits going into the account whereas right. another another may not right so you're talking about the people that have eBay stores that are uh, deferring taxes by uh, flying under the radar. Is that what right. you say? Yes. Um, yeah, there's whole, and of course, if you work in a restaurant, especially as a, as a waiter, as a host, a hostess, um, you are probably earning cash tips. So, and let's not talk about those convenience stores that, uh, certainly um don't <laughs> claim all of their income because i'm sure there's some of them out there um yeah. anyway uh episode 181 kt confidential um fixed rate variable rate what do you guys like what have you done personally we'd love to hear your feedback um what's up on the next episode 182 on 182 we will be talking about if a buyer does not, what to do if a buyer does not give the deposit? Good time to have that discussion with uh, with the change in the marketplace. Um, if somebody buys a home and they're stuck, they can't sell theirs, or since they purchased um, something else popped on the market or whatever. So that well, comes important conversation to you next for week. buyers and sellers. So. Tune in. That'll be in episode 182. Uh, Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, Episode 181 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Make sure you subscribe and uh, leave us those comments. Send us those DMs. Tell uh, Tell us all about your mortgages. We'll see you next week.